Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Welcome to our forum on uh, discipline, uh, living a disciplined Christian life. And we're going to be talking to you about um, what that really means. A lot of people think so that it's so hard to do this. Uh, but what we have first before is a video. Um, and we had asked um, a brother in our church to go out and to video some disciplined people for us. We had asked them to go out and you know, maybe get somebody like a musician who is practicing all the time. Or get an athlete who has to exercise and get his body in top shape. Maybe get a, a doctor or a lawyer. Somebody who's going to school a long time. And, and we're going to let you see what he found for you. And uh, I want you to watch this. Oh, it's about a nine-minute video or so. And then we're going to talk about it. So here we go. We'll start it right away. All right. Uh, how you doing? Doing fine. Very nice. Um, how many hours a week do you study? During school year, I'd probably average maybe 30 hours a week studying. 30 hours? Besides school time, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, more or less depending on the, the exams and stuff. Okay. But then we'll do this. Good. And would you, uh, would you say how many weeks uh, or how many hours a week do you actually uh, spend studying for the GRE? We just actually started when school got out the 17th of June, so we've been pretty much cramming for the last three weeks. Wow, about how many hours a day maybe then? Probably about two. Wow. What do you think, Wendy? About two a day? Two a day? Wow. Okay, so over ten hours a week? Amen. How many hours a week? You're a musician, right? Yeah. What type of music do you actually do? I spin hip-hop. Okay. On event hip-hop. So record turntable records. records. Yeah, okay. Most of records. Okay, nice. Um, how many hours a week would you say you study? Uh, I s practice and study, practicing probably like an hour a day or two hours a day. So that's about fifteen, anywhere from ten to fifteen hours a week. A week? Okay, cool. Uh, how many hours a week would you say you serve? Uh, I'd say about twenty hours a week. Twenty hours a week? Wow, that's a lot. Well, greetings. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> Um, what do you do? What, I know you have to surf right now, but what do you actually, uh, what sport do you do? Um, gymnastics, like mainly. I mean, I sur I've been surfing for a couple of years, but I'm not as, like, you know, good in okay. gymnastics and stuff. Okay, so you are pretty good at gymnastics then? Yeah, I've been doing it since I was six. I've been doing it for 12 years. Wow. Wow, okay. Well, what, uh, what motivates you? How many hours a week do you actually do that? Um, I do it every day of the week except for Sunday. Okay. Yeah, it's like two hours each day. Okay. Why not Sunday? Because Sundays, like, like I go to church. Okay. And, you know, I have to, like, participate in that That's category. Cool. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, what, what, motiv what motivates you? Sorry. What motivates you for, um, for studying? Uh, for studying is because we both want to advance our teaching careers. And uh, so I want to become an, a guidance counselor, educational advisor, and I need to take the GRE in order to get into graduate school. Ah, uh, okay. And okay. it means more money and being out of the classroom. Yeah, it means more money and being out of the classroom. Right. <laughs> you put yourself for surfing? Yeah, I try to. I just try to get out here as much as I can. As much as you can? Yeah. For what? For what motivates you to do that? Just to do something else, like abnormal, just not your regular nine to five. Just try to get out there. Go pro with something. Just be the best you can. To be the best you can go so go pro with something then, right? Yeah. Do you actually do you want to go pro? Yeah. Are you sponsored? No, not yet. Not yet? Nice, dude. Um, how long have you been surfing? Just for a couple of years. Couple oh, years? That's what motivates you to actually, you know, study this hard work right here. Um, to some degree it's a, a motivation just to pass because the requirements to uh, get there are very stringent and to some degree it's a matter of really wanting to feel like I understand or master the material and until I feel like I understand it, it feels like your work's, work's not done. Okay. What do you uh, What do you do? Or what are you studying for? I'm studying for, I'm a family practice dog studying for sports medicine. Oh, okay. Okay, nice. Alright, that's it. Thank you so much. What motivates right. you to actually do gymnastics? Um, I don't know. It just makes me feel like it 
I don't know, it's just something to do that'll make you, like, get away from everything else, and it's, like, when you're out on, like, when you're in the gym and stuff, it makes you feel, like, with a bunch of other, like, you know, like, real good gymnasts, like, pro gymnasts, you know, it's, like, it just, like, it just makes you want to just do it, like, be better than somebody else at something, you know? Okay. It just makes you feel like a stronger person. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what motivates you to actually spin? Mm, the love for it, besides the love just to get better and excel at what I'm doing, like a football player would practice all off-season just to get better for the games. Yeah. I practice, this is like off-season just to get better for like battles or even, you know, clubs that I do or parties or anything like that. Any kind of performance that I'm going to be doing on my turntables, I want to be able to do it at the fullest. So okay. I want to okay. practice and get better at it. Nice. Where do you want to end up with this? Um, well, like, in the beginning, I wanted to be, like a, like, a professional gymnast and stuff, and then I started taking ballet and all those kind of things, and then it's kind of like, I just want to, I just want to do it for, like, the rest of my life. I just want it to be something, because I want to be a background dancer. Okay. Like, for, like, singers and stuff, you know? So it's kind of, it kind of, like, helps out, like, when you're dancing and doing stuff like that. Okay. So... Do you, how, how do you think uh, I'm going to ask you another question okay. how, how do you think this will I know you're cold <laughs> I'm actually cold too enough. believe me when I surf I get really cold yeah. what uh, what um, how will this benefit like society around you how will, how will this benefit people um, if you ever can you ever see yourself actually helping other people by doing uh, yeah for sure like I taught I sometimes teach like on Thursdays and Fridays I sometimes teach the younger kids okay so yeah Totally cool. It helps them get a little bit motivated. Yeah. That's cool. Well, thank you so much. Uh, what's What's your goal? Like, what's the what, What's the end result that you want to happen by either studying all this or by actually getting a getting the degree? Like, what's I want to do? These are scored like the college boards, and I want to do a lot better than 800. That's That's the minimal requirement. But I'd like to do a lot better than that. Okay. Okay. But like the end result of actually like uh, being the the advisor. Oh, uh, because then I would be out of the classroom, and I wouldn't have to take home 170 papers a night to grade. <laughs> that's, that's the main goal. That's cool. That's cool. Well, hey, thank you very much. Okay. What, um, where do you want to end? Where do you want to end up with? With actually with this? Trying the pro tour. Just, okay. just traveling around the world. Just get sponsored and just going and travel. Traveling. Okay. What uh, What do you think this would benefit? How would this benefit you in your life right now, just or like in the future? Probably the environment, just surfing nature, really. Just understanding the balance in your life. About understanding the balance in your life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool, man. Thank you. Nice. What's like the end result? Like, what do you want to end up with this? With like the practice and with the turntableism and all that stuff. What do you want to? End I would with? say. I want to get my stuff on record. I already have some stuff, but I want to get like an arsenal of stuff on records okay. so I can scratch my own scratches, my own sounds, even my own voice, um, and play my own records at my own gigs, stuff like that. Basically make music doing it. So make music doing it. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, actually, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a producer. Oh, wow. oh, oh, a producer? Yeah, yeah, okay. he's a producer. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's actually it, man. That's all I need to make. So Okay, so, were these people disciplined? Do you see any disciplined people? Were they all disciplined, just some of them? What do you think? Yes, they were disciplined. Give me some examples. They're focused on what they were doing. And they had goals. Good. Yeah. They practiced every day. Good. Were these people disciplined? Does anybody think there, there, there were people on that video that weren't disciplined? No, 
So everybody thinks that they were doing something, that they, they were working hard. Is How about, let me ask you this, were, did you, were there people on there that you thought were, you were surprised to see on there? That you think that they were surprised to be put on a discipline video? Daniel's not as hidden. Yeah, why, why are you surprised? Well, some people just don't. You would normally think to be disciplined, but after you see a video, and you can actually see how much they actually do put into things. It's... It kind of changes your attitude. So some typical things that you might not think were disciplined, well, shoot, there is a lot of stuff that's disciplined there. Well, let's spin this around a little bit. Um, as far as living a a disciplined Christian life, did their disciplines profit them anything? What do you think? Did their disciplines profit them anything here on this earth? Who is the first guy? Was it a teacher? Doctor was the first guy. Do you think that's going to profit him anything, all that studying? How is he going to benefit? Makes money, what'd you say? Okay, it might be a doctor, surgeon, making money. Okay. What was the second guy? He was teacher. And he's a teacher right now, but he's studying. Why is he studying now? Hmm? He wanted to be a guidance counselor. And why did, what was his main reason? Did you hear what he said his main reason was? He didn't want to have to grade papers. Do you realize that your teachers dread grading all your papers? Is that a horrible thing? I don't know if they all dread it. That sounds like a lot, 170 pages a, a night. So um, he was looking to get out of having to take home his homework. He has homework just like you have homework. Um, okay. Then also, um, how about in light of eternity? Okay, if we all realize that this world is short, and that after 50, 60, 70 years, you're done here in this world, but you've got a whole other life to live, an eternal life to live. What do you think? Did you think any of their disciplines up there profit them for eternity that we saw? No. Really, we didn't see a lot of that there. Although the one girl, at the, the one surfer chick, right, the gymnast, what did she say? She had to go to church on Sunday. No, she didn't have to, right. But she, was, she did that. That was her part, she said. So there's a little bit there. Okay. Um, I'm going to let Mrs. Greninger here talk about the definition of, of discipline. All right, um, Joe already started, and some of you gave some really good words to describe what is discipline, and I need you to tell me some of those words again. If I say the word discipline, just shout out the first words that come to your mind. Discipline. Just shout it out, I can't hear you. Hard work. Somebody said spankings. All right, hold on. Hard work. Spanks. Discipline. Any other words? Self-control. Self okay, self-control. Practice. Dedication. Wait, you know, I have a hard time isolating sounds. So, okay, dedication and determination, I think I heard. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Dedication, determination. Organization, desire. desire, okay. Anybody really want to add another word? I'll give you your chance if you really want to. Commitment. Okay. Time, uh-huh. Goals. You just want to keep me writing here all day. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, another one. Uh, say it again. Lifelong. 
lifelong dreams. Never ending, and the kid that likes spankings is talking about paddlings now. Right. Okay, well, all uh, forever. You know, and I'm going to stop because what I'm going to do is I, I I had a feeling that these are the kinds of words you'd bring up. So, um, but I'm I'm an organized type of a person, and I like things to kind of line up real well. So I picked three C words that really do summarize up every one of these words. See, I could do it in three. All right, the first C word is committed. Committed. And a lot of these words describe someone who is committed. Um, the teacher and the doctor just didn't happen to stumble into the library, close their eyes, and pick a book. No, they actually decided that we are going to meet at the library at such and such a time, and we are going to commit two hours a day to study. So in order to dis uh, understand the word discipline, we have to commit to something. I commit, I will wake up at 6 a.m. every morning to read my Bible. That's a commitment. I will go to church at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. That's a commitment that we make. The second word I picked was consistent. And a lot of you used words like that. Um, I know there was time. Time is probably the word that would tie along with that. Um, consistent means they do it on a regular basis. Any of you that are athletes know that if you stop exercising for a week and then you go out and try to run again, you get sore muscles because you haven't been um, consistent in your practice. Um, regular, what's that mean? Could be once a day, once a week, once a month, twice a day. It's just something, though, that's done over and over again. So the second word is consistent. And the last word I picked was controlled, and that has the idea of, somebody said self-control, and that means that despite their feelings, or despite your feelings, despite what you might have to suffer, you control your feelings and your impulses, and you do whatever your discipline is anyway. The girl was cold, but she was going to go out and surf. Um, I'm sure some of those students did not feel like studying, but they controlled themselves and did it anyway. We read a book to our kids called The Hobbit. Maybe some of you are familiar with it. And in the beginning of the book, um, there's a character named Bilbo Baggins, and he's greeted by some surprise guests. There are 13 dwarves, and each time they come into the room, they say, Dwaylin, at your service, or Balin, at your service. Those are the names of the dwarves. Killy, at your service. Uh, Billy, Bilbo had hardly turned the knob before they were all inside, bowing and saying, at your service, one after another. When we go knocking at God's door, we need to be ready at God's service to do whatever he calls us to do. It's sort of like putting yourself under orders. If you're a, a soldier, you put yourself under the orders of somebody higher up than you. And as Christians, we're going to put ourselves under God's orders and say, at your service to God's. Discipline is also a means. In and of themselves, being disciplined about something doesn't really mean much unless it gets you to where you want to go. For instance, you might say, I'm going to read my Bible every morning when I wake up for a half an hour. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've done that since I've been your age. And um, a lot of times I read the Bible, and you could ask me what I read, and I won't have a clue as to what it is. But later on in your life, sometimes, you have a problem come up. And then you remember, oh, I read about something like that in the Bible once. And all of a sudden, that discipline helped you later on when you needed it. So discipline is sort of a means to get somewhere and to help you where you want to go. So, what discipline is not? We thought it was important to talk about that. What discipline is not? Soul-killing law. What is that? What do I mean when I read or have written up there, soul-killing law? What do you think? That's a hard one. I'm going to give you a hint on that one. You know, a lot of times, if you feel that it's the law that you have no choice then in, in your discipline, whatever that discipline is. Maybe you've got to uh, practice piano, practice violin, practice the flute. Maybe you've got to do your studies. Okay? And that's the law. The law has been laid down by your parents or your teachers. Well, you lose, you lose your vision as to what it's really for. And uh, Lori's going to talk about 
what it's really, how you should really look at it. So it's not a soul-killing law. It's not a heavy yoke. What's a yoke? Do you guys know what a yoke is? Eggs, no. Okay, a thing that goes on animals when they're plowing the field, right? And uh, usually, like on oxen, you see two oxen and the yoke is between them, and it helps them to pull the load evenly. Okay, what does Jesus say about a yoke? Do you, anybody know about a verse about that? My, yes, so he has two things. Number one, take my yoke because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's not pulling you know, this huge plow, so to speak, you know, his burden is a lot lighter than that, so take my yoke. So uh, discipline is not soul-killing law. It's not a heavy yoke. It's not a drudgery. What's a, define drudgery for me. Drudgery. Who can give me a good definition? A pain in the neck? Okay, drudgery. What do you think of when you hear the word drudgery? Something that drags you along, okay? It's not drudgery. It's not something that you just, you just hate to do, right? You know, you're just dragging to do it and hating to do it. And finally, discipline is not hard. How many of you like to go on hikes? How many of you don't like to go on hikes? Oh, okay. How many of you, okay. So of the ones who like to hike, somebody tell me, why do you like to hike? It's fun. So somebody else tell me, what does hiking consist of? What is hiking? Walking around. Walking around on paths. Okay, it's a good workout. In the woods. Okay, so some people... Are hiking around the woods. Or tra- what's the difference between hiking and a treadmill? Hiking, you get like fresh air. Uh, you get like air conditioning. Okay. So you would prefer hiking or you prefer the treadmill? Does it matter? Do you like to hike? No. And you don't like the treadmill? No. On hiking, you actually go someplace. On hiking, you some actually go someplace? Good. What was this one? Okay. Yeah? What? Okay, if you stop, you fall off the end. You can say, okay, we're, we're, we're getting a little strained here. But I guess the point is that, you know what? Um, you, if, exercise, right? Some people think exercise is a drudgery. What a horrible thing. But some people, those same people who think exercise is a drudgery, might think that hiking is a wonderful thing. Well, what is it? What's the difference? Hiking is exercise, right? It's just like the treadmill. But the only difference is the mindset. Right. Okay, so you play soccer. It's a game. But you have to run up and down the field, right? So it's an exercise. So the difference between running up and down the field to play soccer and just running up and down the field? It's, it's in your mind, right? Okay. So we're not, now we're going to talk about what discipline is. All right. When you were young, I suppose some of you heard this nursery rhyme. Jack Spratt could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean, and so betwixt the two of them, they licked the platter clean. So when it comes to spiritual disciplines, I kind of categorize them into two groups. We either do too much of a bad thing, or we do too little of a good thing. When we were asked to do this forum, they asked us to cover all these areas of discipline, like how can you study your Bible more, how can you pray more, how can I uh, be less lazy, and all these things. So I just, it was just almost too much. So I thought we'd group them into two groups, the too much of a bad thing, the too little of a good thing. Now, let's talk about the wife. Too much. All right, a lot of times the Bible talks about things that we do, and we do too much of it. And we have to discipline ourselves in these areas. 
There are verses, and if anyone would like a copy of the verses, we can get that to you later. But basically, the Bible talks about having too much food, too much drink, internet and television, not directly, but indirectly, too much leisure, too much vanity, too much emotion, too many drama queens, too much spending, too much laziness, too much worry, too much carnality, too many possessions, too much anger, too much sensuality, too much selfishness. I'm sure you could find more verses in the Bible. Now, what about Jack Spratt himself? The Bible talks a lot of times about us having too little of something. Too little prayer, too little fasting. Probably, I would venture to say, a lot of us have no fasting. Too little corporate worship, going to church. Too little witnessing, too little visiting of the widows and orphans. Too little giving, too little service, too little solitude. Too little memorization, too little meditation. Too little simplicity, submission. Confession, humility, respect, joy, family devotions, training of children, which doesn't really apply to you, but it might one day. So, we have too much of bad things, too much, too little of the good things. Now, I want Joe to go back a slide to the too much category. And I want you to take a minute and look over that list. All right? And after you look over it, I want you to pick one in your mind. If you have a pencil, you got a pencil, write yours down. <laughs> Anybody has got a pencil can write down one of those areas where you feel or you know you have too much. Now, if you don't know, ask your friends. They'll tell you, all right? Or your parents. I'm sure they'll be able to tell you. So everybody pick out one. Do you want to confess it? I hear it already here, okay. I wasn't going to make you confess it publicly. Well, does somebody want to confess? <laughs> All right, what's your name? Oh, I won't say it on the microphone. Go ahead. Too much television. How much might that be? Two or three hours a day, so that's times seven, 21 hours a week. Okay? Anyone else want to pick a different one? Back row? Food. Too much food. Did you know that 64% of adults in America are overweight? So we have a problem here in our country of too much supersizing it, things like that. But you know, the Bible, that was a problem way back in the Bible. I mean, it talks about that in Proverbs. Anyone else want to pick, uh, share one that they know they've got too much of? Someone says internet. Okay, are we talking about I aming or are we talking about everything? Okay. What did you say? Computers in general. You could do computer games, things like that. Yeah. All right. Let's look at Jack Spratt. Too little. Take a look at that list. Now, I'm sure that you could probably say, I got too little of all of it. But I only want you to pick one today because sometimes if we pick too many things, we just give up before we even start. Okay. Look over the list and think about what you know you have too little of in your life. Any willing volunteers? Raise your hand. To, uh, tell me what you have too little of. Too little family devotions, okay? Too little solitude, spending time alone with you and God. Too little respect. You'll have a great chance to practice this week at camp with the Dean of Men, right? Too little studying in God's word. Too little forgiveness. Sometimes when we get hurt, we harbor those grudges. Too little prayer. Definitely. So you have your two things. You know what you got too much of, and you know what you've got too little of. So now what do we do? <laughs> well, Joe and I will continue on, and as we speak... Try to think of your two things, and maybe you'll get a few tips on how you can get more of the good and less of the bad. Okay. Why are we not disciplined? Who's that? Who's that? That's you? Is this man disciplined? There's a lot of exercise of the jaw. 
Okay? You know, um, going back, I'm just not a disciplined person. That man you just said was a disciplined person. Right? I would say that everybody is able to be disciplined. It just depends on what you set your mind to be disciplined at. He was disciplined at doing what? Eating. Exercising. Watching TV. Sitting in one place. I don't think he was disciplined in hiking there. Okay? Okay. So, um, okay. Another reason that you, we have a, a lack or we're not disciplined is, you know, we have, one thing is we have an excuse. Well, I'm just not a disciplined person, so therefore I don't need to be. Another thing is a lack of eternal perspective. Uh, my father passed away about uh, two years ago or so now. And my father didn't know God. He was not a godly man. He actually hated church, religion, anything to do with it. Um, I couldn't talk to my father about God. But when he was lying on his deathbed, I had a, a very clear thought in my mind that I don't care if he needs or wants to talk about God. He needs to hear it now because this is his last chance. He only had, I didn't know it, but he only had hours to live. Okay? So, lack of eternal perspective. I disciplined myself at that time to say, Dad, we need to talk. I needed to do that. And um, that discipline, that lack of eternal perspective, if you gain eternal perspective on those things that we need to be disciplined in, then it makes it easier. What's another thing? Lack of self-control. Just one more bite of my fingernails. Right? How many chew their fingernails? How many people chew your fingernails? Yeah? You used to? Uh huh. You got better? Okay. Um, lack of self discipline. Um, eating. There's all sorts of things that you just need to stop. You just need to not take that another bite of of the burger, the third burger, okay? You know, you just need to not eat that third hamburger. You just need to not bite those nails. What else? Lack of yielding to the Spirit. What does that mean? Do you guys know what that means? Yielding to the Spirit. Listening to God. Do you, shh. Do you guys ever feel that, that God is talking to you and that you're supposed to do something? Okay, and you feel that conviction. Now, do you act on that all the time? Okay? A lot of times, you feel that there's a conviction, a leading of the Spirit, and yet, you just don't do it. Okay? You just don't do it. Um, you know, maybe you're supposed to go say hello to that old lady that's sitting on the bench as you're walking over to inspiration hour or something. Maybe you feel, oh, you know what? I should just go say hello and be nice. They would like that. But you don't. You just don't. So there was a missed opportunity. That's a discipline. Now, going back to the eternal perspective, internally, that's a good thing for you to exercise that discipline of listening to the word of God, listening to his convicting of your soul to do something. That's an eternal thing. It lays up for you eternal treasures. Okay? But a lack of that uh, is, is something that causes us not to have discipline. Lack of vision. Uh, this is similar to an eternal perspective. But in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. So, you know what? A lot of times we're not thinking of any, anything beyond the tip of our nose, right? We're not thinking of something for tomorrow or something for the future. We're not thinking far away. We're thinking close by. Um, and lack of zeal. What's zeal? Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Yeah. 
You, be disciplined. Uh-huh. Know how to be disciplined. We should, like, you know, our parents are there for some so they, they show us how to be disciplined. They discipline us. Oh, this is good. And so we know how to be disciplined, and we know how to discipline ourselves. So are our parents a good example of discipline? Yeah, it's not just us all the time. Okay, so you're saying that other people can help you to be disciplined. Okay, well, let's, Lori's going to talk a little bit about those people and how that can help here. Hold on. So, yes, I'm going to talk about how now we can gain discipline in those two areas that you wrote down. And you gave an excellent example of sometimes you need to get a buddy or a partner or a parent or somebody to spur you on. Now, there's going to come a day, and it's coming very soon for most of you, where your parents are probably not going to use whatever they use <laughs> to keep you guys in line. Um, and you're going to have to start disciplining yourself. Um, although God will always be there to discipline you and keep you on the right path. Now, I don't have a method. Do step one, two, and three, and you're going to be disciplined. But I do have a God who will help you become disciplined. There's a couple of things. Uh, one is we need to have a proper perspective of ourselves. And I, I call this the I can attitude. Last year in teen choir, uh, most of you were in it, probably you sang the song, I can do, I can do all things, I can do all things through Christ. Well, that's uh, a scripture verse. And as Christians, we have to have this I can attitude. Now, you might think, oh, I've already tried to lose weight. I've tried to turn the TV off. I've tried to pray regularly and I fall asleep. And that's sort of, uh, and it didn't work. So we have this Negative attitude, I can't do it anyhow, forget it. But God says, I can. I can do all things through Christ. Now, I remember at your age also trying to get a prayer life going, and I remember trying to kneel at the bedside and pray. Pretty soon, I'm out. So then I thought, well, you know what, I'll just lay in my bed instead, lay back on the pillow and pray. And of course, I probably got a minute's worth in, and I was out. And, you know, I struggled with this from, through all my teen years, and I really thought, I can't. But God says, I can. So there was this sort of discrepancy in my mind. And, you know, God gave me a solution. It took about 10 years. But I found that when I jog, I didn't fall asleep. And so as I would run, I was able to pray as I ran. And all of a sudden now, in not all of a sudden, over some time, uh, I have a discipline in my life that I pray every day for a half an hour while I'm jogging. And I don't fall asleep, I pray. Now, I could have given up and said, I can't, I've tried. But God says I can. So whatever you have written on the paper, if you've tried before and you think you can't, that's not true. You can through Christ. You just might need a little help to figure out how to get there. The other thing, um, the, the second thing is this eternal point of view that Joe had talked about. If God says that this is important, if he says that it's important that I keep my eyes from evil, or if he says it's important that I hide God's word in my heart or meditate or, or memorize the scripture, who am I to think otherwise? In Hebrews it says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. There were men of God who, they died. They were, they were burned at the stake. They were put before firing squads. And they never, I mean, they served God. They did all these good disciplines that they were supposed to do, and they died. But they were going to heaven at the end of the road. And that's the eternal perspective. So if God says that you're supposed to do something, you need to do it. And sometimes you just don't always understand it. God says, visit the widows. So our family committed that we are going to regularly visit the widows. We're going to discipline ourselves to do this. So we regularly visit a widow. And sometimes, to tell you the truth, I come home and think, did this even matter? We, we visit this one widow. Her name is Aunt Sue. And this is how it goes. We walk in. Oh, hi. Are you from church? Yes, yes, we're from church. Now, who are you? Uh, I'm Lori, Joe's wife. Oh, look at all these children. How many do you have? Six. Oh, and who's this little one? This is Anna. You finally had an Anna. Yes, Ansu, we finally had an Anna. Uh, are you from church? Yes. Uh, who are you? Lori, Joe's wife. 
know, I just told her that. Look at all these children. How many do you have? Six, Aunt Sue. And who is this little one? That's Anna. So you finally had an Anna. Yeah, we did. Uh, are you from church? And I'm serious. <laughs> these conversations go round and round. And I go home and I think, Lord, you said to visit the widows. What, what's the perspective? But you know what? We do it anyway. Because God thinks it's important. So who am I to think otherwise? And when I get to heaven one day, God's going to let me know why we had to visit this widow, even though she probably doesn't remember the second we left that we were there. But God wants us to do it, maybe to teach us a little patience, I'm not sure. The second thing, we need, or the third thing that we need to think about is that every discipline has a freedom. There was this famous Greek orator. Do you know what an orator is? It's a speaker, a public speaker. Be someone like a motivational speaker today. Someone who goes around, that's their job. They go around. Now, you might remember Nicky, um, the boy that was born without arms and legs. He's, a, he's an orator. He goes around and gives speeches about his life. Well, Demosthenes was a Greek orator, but before he would give his speeches, he would discipline himself, and he did some strange things. He would go to the ocean and practice his speech over the waves and the roar of the ocean so that he could practice projecting his voice and speaking loudly. Then they would stuff his, he'd stuff his mouth full of stones. And then he'd try to give a speech with his mouth full. And the reason he did this was he would practice his articulation and making sure that he said every word you know, perfectly clearly. And this is what he would do with himself. So that when they said, Demosthenes, could you come and give a speak, speech? Sorry. He would get up there and he'd be free. He was ready. It wasn't a problem for him because he had disciplined himself. Now, every spiritual discipline will have a freedom. Why would God say, and I want you to start thinking about your, your things on your list. Why would God say, uh, don't eat too much? He basically, do not be a glutton. Don't be gluttonous. What would be the freedom down the road of not being gluttonous? Can you think of some good, what was it? You can run faster. There is a freedom to that, especially if you're being chased. Okay. Any other freedoms that you could see in not being gluttonous? You'll live longer. There's, there's evidence to prove that. Now, of course, you know, there's always the exceptions. There are those guys that eat bacon all their lives and they live to be 95. But you know what? Most people will live longer and they will live healthier if they're not gluttonous. Um, what about praying? Okay, I've got to make myself pray. But what freedom could you have if you were praying regularly? What do you think that might uh, result in your life if you're praying? You, okay, if you're praying, you might have some opportunities to tell people about the gospel that you wouldn't have had before. What might be another um, reason that you might want to pray? See, if you don't know the end, you're not going to pray because you're not going to see the end. Go ahead. They might want to... Right. It will, prayer is just a conversation with God. It's talking to him. And so it might deepen your relationship with God. The Bible says that be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. Do any of you ever worry? about? Do some of you ever worry? I don't know if you worry yet. Some of you might worry. Does any, I got one person that worries. A couple people here worry sometimes. Oh, you have a comment. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad. It looks like you all worry, so. Wait a minute. So, the Bible says, if you don't want to worry, if you pray, you can talk to God about it, and the worries sort of dissolve as you talk to God. So, say you're, you're like, oh, I don't want to pray, but you know what? If I pray, maybe some of the worries and the fears that I have will go to God, and, and I'll have a release. Go ahead. Oh, I forgot a word. In, oh, okay, I didn't quote that. Now let's talk about memorizing verses, since you brought that up <laughs> indirectly. Why would you want to memorize a verse? Why do you want to sit and have a card in front of you and go, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Right, if someone asks you about what you believe, you can say, well, it says somewhere in the Bible. You're not free. You can't witness as well without the words in your heart. In your heart. Does someone know the verse... Um, 
what's the verse about hiding God's word in your heart that you might not sin. Okay, most Christians would not want to sin. And it says that if we memorize the Bible verses, we're not going to sin. How, how would that, how, what's that connection? Yeah, it reminds you of what's right and wrong. When you want to go and steal that item and you remember, thou shalt not steal. Oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to do that. Okay, that's a pretty simplistic uh, example. But that's why hiding God's word in your heart keeps you from sinning. Now, here's a question for you. Um, I need a volunteer to accompany me for a special number on the piano. Okay. I've got one person who'd be willing. You haven't seen the song yet, have you? But you're not afraid. Okay. Anyone else would a, a volunteer? You'd, you'd volunteer to accompany me on the piano? Even if you haven't seen the music? Okay. So we got some confident people. You in the back row? All right. Okay. I want to know, why did you guys not raise your hand? <laughs> you don't play the piano. I, I, I think that's pretty obvious. Okay. All right. I want to know, those of you that raised your hand, have you had any lessons? Okay. All right. I've kind of figured, that's kind of what I figured, right? Those of you that um, have not practiced or don't even know how to play the piano, didn't discipline yourself to play the piano, are not free to come up and accompany me tonight. Those of you that have disciplined yourself somewhat are not afraid to come up and accompany me on the piano. And that's how it is with the spiritual disciplines. So I want you to look at the ones or remember the two that you wrote down. Think about why in the end you want that. Why would God want you to do that? Think about the freedom you'll have if you do that discipline. Because if you don't think about that, you're not going to ever do it. Um, we also need to have a, a passion for the things of God. If we don't love God very much you're not going to do his things. The surfer loved to surf. That's why he didn't mind disciplining himself for 20 hours. If you don't love God very much, it's going to be really hard to discipline yourself on these areas. Okay. How many of you guys are familiar with advertising? Yeah? What do you know about advertising? Tell me something. Yeah. Yeah. A commercial? It's lies. It's not. Doesn't always lie. It's a way of informing somebody about a certain product. Trying to market a product. Okay. Last. Persuading people of your point of view? Okay. So, um, marketing 101. The first thing you have to do in marketing, if you want to persuade people that this is something good, is you need to find the need. Okay? Why do people need your product? You've seen those milk ads on TV? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, because I need the money, you need my product, right? Um, why do people, so you've seen these milk ads. There was this one milk ad that I saw a long time ago, and it showed this elevator, and it was going down. Ding, and it reached the bottom floor, and it opened up, and it was hell. Okay? This guy steps out of the elevator, and he steps into hell. And he looks around, and there's a big plate of warm cookies. Okay? Mmm, this is good. So he goes and he takes a bite, and it is the best cookie in the world. And he's eating this cookie, and then he thinks, what do I need? And he looks, and there's a big refrigerator. And he goes over the refrigerator, and he opens it up, and what does he see? Milk. He sees cartons and cartons and cartons of milk. And he goes to get them, and they're all empty. They're all empty. So the milk people wanted you to see that. You know what? You need milk. Milk is a very beneficial thing. 
Okay? See how horrible it would be if you didn't have milk? That was their way. So um, an exercise we want you to do here as you're getting ready to leave in about three minutes, four minutes here, is I want you to really think of all these spiritual disciplines, of the spiritual disciplines that you wrote down. What is the need in your life, applying to your life? You know, I'm not selling anything here. But what is the need of that discipline in your life? How will it benefit you and people around you? How will it benefit? Find the need. Okay, the flip side of it, the other part of advertising is find the harm. You know, in advertising, not only do they want to show you why their product is, is better, they want to show you why other products are inferior or, or they're going to you know, hurt you or harm you in some way. So, you know, they might show that their tires are better because they have great traction and that they are going to, you know, get you there safely and that they wear forever and they don't wear out. And uh, the flip side, they might say that, um, and the other people's tires might blow out and cause you to flip over and roll down the road, you know, the wrong way. That's the harm. So the same way, of those disciplines that you wrote down, find a harm. If you don't discipline yourself, what's the harm in that? You can say, oh, there's no harm. Well, then, more than likely, if you don't think there's a harm, you're not going to do it. Not only do you need to know in your mind clearly what the benefit is, but you need to know in your mind for all those disciplines, if you don't do them, there is a harm. Whether you want to minimize it in your mind or not, there is a harm. So find the need, find the harm, and then think about those things. Maybe write them down on a card, write them in the back of your book, write them on a, you know, tear it up, put it in your Bible, so that you can think about that, and hopefully at the end, in a year or ten years, you can become more disciplined, and, and the goal is, of course, to become more, more godly people in the process. Okay? Okay. Choir, teen choir practice is starting. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs>